Hi, welcome to the Meeting of Minds podcast. I'm Philippa Robinson. So if you are a listener to previous episodes of my podcast, you might have heard me talk about um, my relationship with food. And I have said that one day I will record um, a podcast episode. So I'm already uh, shifting, feeling a bit uncomfortable. So I have decided today I'm going to record a shortish um, episode and talk about my relationship with food. So I, um, I wrote my memoir last year, 2021, and there is a chapter in there about my relationship with food and um, I don't talk about my issues with food throughout the whole of the book um, but it it was very much has been very much a part of my everyday life my relationship with food my feelings around food what I eat what I don't eat and how that makes me feel about my body and has made me feel about my body. And yeah, I've been meaning to record this for a while. Don't know why I've been putting it off, but today's the day. So as a child, as a as a little baby, I was a chunky little baby. Um, you know, with fat wrists and fat ankles, like, you know, babies do. So it was the late 60s. My mum tried very hard to be um, slim. She was incredibly slim when she had me, actually. But she had been um, much larger as a teenager. I don't know how she went from there to being really skinny. And actually, when I see pictures of her as a teenager now, I, I, I wonder how she got to where she was when she was really tiny. But anyway, she was. I mean, those were the days of like Twiggy and miniskirts. And, you, you know, women felt under a lot of pressure to be really, um, really small, petite and skinny, I think. So um, I think me being a big chubby baby um, wasn't really ideal. And I grew into a, you know, chubby little kid. Um, I, I wasn't responsible for what I was eating or, you, you know, at that young age, at tiny age. So, you know, I just was the product of my genes, my whatever. Anyway, um, by the age of seven, my mum had decided that I was too big. She was getting remarried. I was being a bridesmaid and um, she, me and her adult bridesmaid were to have matching dresses and there was a problem getting dresses to fit us both. So um, we ended up with a dress that only just fitted me and I vividly remember a conversation um, in the shop and my mum said, don't worry, she needs to go on a diet anyway, I'll make sure she fits in that dress. And I was quite promptly put on my first diet and I did fit in the dress and um you know so the diet worked and I learned as a result of that that my body 
before I had got in that dress was unacceptable. Uh, and that stayed with me for a long time. I also, um, around that time, that summer, there were there are photographs of me um, on holiday. And those photographs for a long time were referred to by my mother as, oh, that was the one summer that you looked okay. Great. Thanks, Mum. So I have always had this understanding around, um, I, I couldn't tell you how my body was supposed to look. So I didn't necessarily have this picture put in front of me that this is what you should look like. This is from my mum, obviously. Um, although in society we are bombarded with pictures of um, this is what happy, successful women look like. Uh, so if you want to be happy and successful, this is what your body needs to look like. And those bodies are normally white, slim, um, dressed nicely, makeup, hair done nicely. You know, all those things, all those images that we are given um, from a very young age. So that is going on as well as my mother quite clearly making me go on a diet, which gave me the message now whether she intended that to happen or not the message i took from that was that my body in the natural state that it wanted to be in at that time was unacceptable and i that that stayed with me for a long time um i think it was also a thing for me to focus on when Thing, when things at home with my mum and my stepdad and um, and all the family stuff that was going on. I won't go on into that here because I think if you've listened to some other episodes, you'll know more about that. But um, with all that was going on at home, topped with, topped with actually, you know, your body is not acceptable. That was a lot for me to, to, to deal with. And I, I didn't deal with it well. Um, I, what happened was that as a result of feeling really unacceptable and on the back of that, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel loved by my mum anyway, but not feeling loved, being told I didn't look okay and feeling very unlovable as a result of not looking okay and not being loved, it was... Um, a very hollow, empty experience for me inside my body. Um, my feelings were numb. My feelings, well, actually, the feelings weren't numb to start off with. I felt very lonely and um, sad and uh, probably angry in the end, but not so angry at the beginning. But there were lots of feelings of confusion and pain and hurt and my way of dealing with those feelings was to eat and I ate not because I was hungry I ate as much as I could get hold of as often as possible to fill that gaping void inside of me um yeah i was rarely hungry because actually i ate as frequently as i could 
it was that fill the hole, eat, fill the hole, um, and eat too much, um, usually the same thing, usually quite calorie laden, um, fatty, carbohydrate high, you know, all those things that, you know, we crave, especially we crave them when we're eating for emotional reasons. Uh, and, you know, I would slowly fill the hole. And as I ate all those things laden with fat and sugar and carbohydrate, it would put me into sort of a bit of a stupor, really. Uh, and it would calm those feelings of not enoughness and not worthy and not being loved for a short time. It didn't work for very long because after you, when you fill the hole and you feel, ugh, okay, when you, you, you numb all that swirling, pain inside what happens reasonably quickly after that is the shame comes in and the shame comes in big time uh which just is crippling the oh my god what have i done i'm so awful no wonder nobody loves me i'm gross i nobody will ever love me like this and the shame really hastens on the whole empty feeling again, which just allows the the, the, the cycle to perpetuate. And it, it's, you know, um, it's a real cycle, a really unhealthy cycle. Uh, I didn't know that it had a name. Uh, it certainly didn't at the time, but uh, it was very prevalent for me. And um, just as an aside, it's also, you know, that paradox of um, the way I grew up. I just wanted to be small and in the background and not seen uh, and be the good girl and uh, not be a bother and not be... Um, I wanted to be loved, but I didn't want to be loud and outspoken. And I wanted to uh, sort of blend into the background. But on the other hand, the more I ate, the bigger I got and the more I became noticeable. It, it was almost like the look at me, but don't look at me. <laughs> um, you, you know, and it, 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 oh God, there's so many layers to this. There really is. Um, and I grew up very definitely thinking that I was um I you know I was grotesque I was you know obviously I was fat I was um lazy I was greedy because those are the messages that fat people receive from society in general um People go on all the time that people are only fat because it's a lack of education. Um, I'm sorry, but that is just not right. Most fat people do not want to be fat. They really don't. Most fat people would much rather live in a smaller body. It is easier living in a smaller body. You know, I would love to live in a smaller body, but equally... I have accepted my body now, and I'll get onto that in a moment. 
but all the messages that that society tells us is that if you are you know bigger fatter than what is deemed to be normal she says putting in quotes normal then you must either be stupid lazy greedy um or not care about yourself now they're not caring about yourself i think there is a point to that but that's the not caring comes from the messages we receive as children about not being worthy um and that's where the you know not caring for yourself enough comes from but it's you, you know society just sees fat people as um, a problem that needs to be solved in that just cut your calories and exercise more and it will you know you'll be fine god if it was that easy we wouldn't have the problem that we've got now um and i'm not saying that there aren't some people who just eat I don't know. I don't know whether there are only people who just eat too much for the sake of eating too much. I doubt that. I it, it it's it, it's it's like a drug, really. It's a numbing. It's a way of numbing the pain. And um, unlike drug addiction and alcohol addiction, um, there is not as much help around um, eating for. Um, when when eating is done to numb the pain of the of the feelings inside um and you know it's just it, it's made it, it it's made out to be a simple problem that would be easy to fix if only these fat people could get their act together god it it, it makes me mad it really makes me mad uh and actually eating to numb the pain inside to numb those painful feelings is now known as binge eating disorder i believe that i believe that was something it was a good 10 years ago or so was it 2012 something like that um maybe it was before that uh, but you, you know and did it made me feel better to understand that actually i have a disordered pattern with food um it did make me feel better but it doesn't actually stop the fact that i still live in a body that is uh deemed unacceptable you know and i totally appreciate that i'm not as big as other people um but i definitely get that i've had that message ingrained in me over the years and I know I'm not the only one. I know there are a lot more people. And I just... It's one thing that makes me really... There are quite a few things, but it's one of the things that makes me really mad. This sort of um, marginalising, sidelining of fat people as just, well, they've, you know, they, they've done it to themselves. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you know, nobody forced the food down me. I have done it to myself, but I haven't just done it out of spite or something. Uh, and I think recognising that there is perhaps something more, there's something deeper going on might be a good place to, to start to help um, people who use food to numb their feelings and to numb the pain, you know, get get some help and start moving away from that um, 
way of numbing. I mean, the problem is, as you're doing that, especially, and also if you're binging and um, purging or you're binging and then going on, binge eating and then going on really restrictive diets, you just screw your metabolism up over the years. I mean, I have tried loads of diets over the years. I've been to Weight Watchers, I've been to Slimming World, I've been to Rosemary Conley, you know, all those 90, 80s and 90s, mainly 90s, you know, um, places to go and get weighed and do all that you know i've i've tried the cabbage soup diet the south beach diet the this diet the that diet i've tried everything i even in 2009 um did lighter life which is meal replacements and i lost five stone i was went down to a size 12 which is the smallest i've ever been as an adult i haven't dared to do it before because i I hadn't dared to do it because I think there was part of me that wanted to be able to blame the fact that my life wasn't great on being fat and if I lost the weight then I wouldn't have that to blame any disappointment with my life on that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. I hope if I explain that properly. Um, but in, by 2009, I was married. I'd had my second child. And I really felt that that was a good time to um, actually lose the weight, which I did. I felt, well, whilst I was doing the diet, I was having blackouts and fainting all the time. I was having muscle cramps. But I stuck to it and I felt great being able to wear smaller size clothes. Um, apparently, some of my friends, some people have, didn't actually like to ask me anything about the weight loss because they thought maybe I was ill. And that's why I wasn't talking about it. Uh, and I didn't tell a lot of people I was actually doing it uh, because I didn't know whether I'd be able to stick to it. I did stick to it. I did feel in my body great being at a lighter weight. I liked being able to shop for clothes and looking better in clothes than I'd ever done. I don't think I'd ever been a size 12 as an adult. But then I started to notice a few things. I began to notice that people were treating me differently. I began to notice that more people would hold the door open for me, that I would be let into queues of traffic more easily. You know, when I'm waiting to pull out into a queue of traffic, people would wave me in much, much, much more, much more, much quicker and more easily than they'd done in the past. I began to notice that people stopped and talked to me more. Seriously, because I didn't notice at first and then I thought, why are those people talking to me when they've never talked to me before? This would be at work and things like that. And I began to realise that it was to do with the weight loss. That people thought that now I was slimmer, I was somehow worthy of their time. What, what is that about? And I also began, that was one thing I began to realise, and I also began to realise that losing the weight had made no difference to 
to what was going on in my head and my feelings, I still felt that things weren't right. And the one great thing that I learned about losing all that weight was that actually the things that I had problems with in my life were not about the weight. Um, so it, it is what I dreaded in a way by not actually losing all the weight beforehand. But it maybe that happened at a time when I was ready to accept that it wasn't the weight. So it did me a great favour in that way. Um, but yeah, I was really upset that people were treating me differently because I knew that the me inside was still exactly the same. And to really feel that people were treating me differently, better, now that I was slimmer, was really hard. It was really hard. And um, I don't know why I was surprised, um, but I was. And, you know, I've put the, I put the weight on over, back on over the next, it took a while, four or five years. Uh, and... I am probably now the size that I was-ish when I lost all the weight, but I am so much happier, so much happier. And, you know, I think I've said on previous uh, episodes, the least interesting thing about me is the size of my body. It really is. And if anybody is that bothered about the size of my body, then that's up to them. You, you know, I who I am, what I stand for, what I stand against, what I believe in, um, what I want to bring to the world, what I um, want for the for my nearest and dearest, all those things, you know, that is much more important than the size of my body. And, you know, I constantly have to tell myself that because I am const constantly bombarded with messages from society that tells me that I am still in a body that is too big um and you know if only i lost weight then um i would be somehow a better person in a way now i have ha i have no health issues uh uh that are no i don't i don't have any health issues i think perhaps i might have i don't know would i have a few less ache aches and pains i don't know if i would because you know I sit bad posture sitting at a desk um all my working life is what has really um knackered my body in i think especially my neck and my upper um uh, my upper back the trauma that i've experienced that i've kept in my body that i've lived with so long has done much more damage to my body than being fat and you you know um you know, doctors always want to tell me that I should lose weight. Can't tell me why I should. It's just that, you know, my BMI is not where they want it to be. It's like, yeah. And the last time I went to the doctors, they insisted on weighing me. Yes, I could have said no. And I said no a couple of times. They said, OK. And, you know, doctors get paid for this sort of data. That's why they want to weigh us. Uh, and I got on the scales and she went, right, OK. And I said, yeah, you're going to tell me it needs to be lower than that. Yeah. And she gave me a little lecture about losing weight, which which made me feel so rubbish that I went home and ate a tub of ice cream. You know, I could have not eaten that ice cream. And I kind of don't do that anymore. 
but that's what I did at the time. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have done that if she hadn't given me the lecture. And um, the reason I now have a better relationship with my body and with food, I don't need food in the same way that I used to. I don't have that hole to fill anymore, which is why I now don't need to fill it with food. Uh, because I have filled that with with me I have learned who I am I have done all this inner work that I've done and I have learned to love me as I am so that whole you know is is just not there anymore but that's how I have altered my uh, relationship with my body with food and also learning about intuitive eating, which I did sort of as whilst I was on going in therapy. Um, I didn't learn my therapist, but it was something that I came across and learned more about and realised that all the years I spent on diets and, and binging and then being on restrictive diets had just stopped me being able to listen to those signals that our body does naturally and tells us, you know, what we, whether we're hungry, whether we're thirsty, what it is that we want to eat, what our body needs. The only time I listened to those signals was when I was pregnant. And both times I was pregnant, I really craved um, meat. So I think I was craving pro protein probably. And I gave that to my body. I, when I was pregnant, I gave myself permission to eat what I was craving but at all other times in my life whatever my body craved I'd be telling it no you can't have that because you know I should be restricting what I eat because society tells me that I I am too big therefore I should restrict what I'm eating um, and I just lost any connection with that with 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 that part of me that that tells me when I'm hungry and what it is that I want to eat. So as part of um, reconnecting with myself and finding out who I am, I have managed to reconnect with that part of me that, you, you know, tells me what I want to eat and when I want to eat. And largely I follow that. And um, I think a lot of people are really frightened of intuitive eating because they think they're just going to eat ice cream all the time. And, you know, to be honest, first few days I did eat a lot of ice cream now I know I can have ice cream whenever I want because I'm not restricting it I don't want it as much it's really interesting that concept of instead of restricting like opening up the um opportunities and then it's like oh okay I can have whatever I want yeah if I want to eat chips for tea I can have chips for tea oh okay Actually, when I listen, no, what I really want is the vegetable stew. Okay, that's what I'm going to have. And tomorrow, if I want chips, I'm going to eat chips. I, I know I'm making it sound really simple. And in some ways, it is simple. Um, but the learning, the unlearning, the behaviours that are really ingrained in, in us and... Um, learning new ways is not necessarily that simple um but it can be can, really can be done and i just 
Yeah, it can be done. And I, I feel like I have really changed my relationship with food and with my body as part of all the work that I've done around changing my relationship with myself. And I wanted to come today and talk about this just in case this is useful for anybody else to hear. So if you have found it useful, you know, I'd love to hear from you. I really would. Um, so please get in touch and, and, and let me know. And maybe if this might be useful for anybody you know to hear, please pass them on, pass it on to them and tell them. And maybe they would like to get in touch with me. But I'm just sharing this and I do hope it's been useful for somebody. OK, that's it for the episode today. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And watch out for news of my um, my online course that will be back in January. And I'm really hoping I'm going to get some great women who are going to come and work with me. So if you would be interested at all, please get in touch and let me know so I can put you on the wait list. Okay. Take care. Back soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends. Please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.